In a world full of distractions, there is one big question on every dog owner's lips. How do I become more than just the person holding the other end of the leash? We all get dogs with a dream in mind, a vision of the future. And if right now your everyday reality isn't quite that picture you had in mind, you are in the right place. It really doesn't have to be this way. You absolutely can and will be more to your dog than just the person who gets in between them and the world. The key is you need to be more sexy. More sexy than the neighbourhood cat. More sexy than the jogger in the park. More sexy than that half-eaten hamburger they just found on the floor. And yes, even more sexy than the dog across the road. I'm Tom. And I'm Lauren. Together Together we are Absolute absolute dogs. Dogs. And you're listening to the Sexier Than a Squirrel podcast. Hello and welcome to this episode of the Sexier Than a Squirrel podcast, the podcast that focuses on making you sexier than a squirrel to your dog. Now, one question that we get asked time and time again, we've got a super cool ask team. Mm -hmm. They answer all of our emails and all the inquiries that come through Absolute Dogs. And they get asked this question on a daily basis. And it is, where do I find a dog trainer? Who should I go to for dog training? How do I know a dog trainer is any good? How do I know they're going to teach in a a super cool, fun way? How does it work? Like, where do I even start? Because it's a bit of a minefield. And and there are certainly different types of trainers out there. Absolutely. And, you know, there's a, a massive, let's say, variety in the dog trainer world. That's a nice way of putting it. I know, I love it. Um, Variety in terms of their approach, in terms of their methods, in terms of their focus. And actually, let's get down to the kind of real stuff that we care about. Do they get real life results or not? And that is the reason why you might go to a dog trainer as well as a, a lot of fun. Now, because of this variety, that's exactly why we created the Pro Dog Trainer Program, which is a program that takes you through the, the process of getting the knowledge and, and getting the actual game-playing practical ability um, to become a professional dog trainer. And so there are pro dog trainers all around the world now, which we're really, really excited about. And um, and it, it kind of makes us quite, quite kind of like, I don't know what the word is, but there was there's a need for games and transforming dogs and so, owners' lives. And, and now that it, now it's more accessible, right? I remember being in a school uh, not very long ago. No, sadly, I wasn't at the school, but I was at a school and it was my daughter's school. And Tom was with me and we were both um, going, Matt was, Matt, Matt was there too. And we went in to do some sort of talk or demonstration. I can't yeah. remember what we were doing, but something with dogs. And uh, when we were in there, uh, the children had a test and they had a test and the teacher kept saying they're very scared because they've got a test this mm. afternoon and they've got a test coming and the test. And Tom said, I mean, you tell the story, Tom. And then I was like, well, well, um, oh, it, it's a game. And the teacher said, no, no, it's a test. Games they do in the morning. It's a test. I said, no, but it's a game. And she said, no, it's a test. And I said, well, why is it not a game? What's a game. The, what's the oh. difference? And she was like, hmm, um. It's a test, and then just kind of scuttled off. But the point is that it's like a totally different. Um, it, it, what we're really passionate about is that dog training is fun. Dog training is both fun for dog and owner, and it's real life results driven. And that happens through games. And and whether you you know you, you can look at them as tests or exercises. Um, that used to be my favorite. Dog training exercise, and you must be serious and cannot laugh. Um, why can't it be a game? And the thing is that you can apply this to all like walks of life. You can mm. apply this to, to everywhere you, you go. And that is whether you are um, 
you're presenting, whether you're doing an event like Tom and I do as, as dog trainers, we do an event called Super Trainer Live, whether it's uh, you going out there and teaching. So I'm a dog trainer. I never thought I'd be a dog trainer. I was on a path to be a lawyer. You know what? Whatever it is that you're doing, you can apply this principle, which is, I suppose it's a bit Mary Poppins. And I probably should leave you to the master to discuss Mary Poppins. <laughs> but Mary Poppins has a lot of fun, right, Tom? She has a lot of fun. And she acknowledges that in every job that must be done, there is an element of fun. Now, we can take it one step further and say, why can't it be 100% fun? But, you know, in picking your dog trainer, what we really want to drive home to you is that a formula for success is that it is fun, games-based, and two, the second element of this, is that it's real-life results-driven. We, you know, got, they should be gone, but the days are not yet gone. Gone should be the days of you learn a sit, you learn a, a down, you learn a, a stay in class, and then you go to the park and you get pulled around and your I'll, dog I'll give you an example, you over Tom. everything in the environment. I, I've got an example. And I remember teaching, I was teaching a, a, a long while ago when I was renting a facility to teach. I now am a professional dog trainer. I compete at world level and I've got my own facility. But but when I started, I started just as many people would start with, with very little. You start, I, I rented a field, I paid £10 a week. And, and anyway... I remember someone coming to class and it was at the second venue we rented actually and she was dragged to the class. She got the dog out of the car. In fact, the dog got out of the car and she tried to capture it, like kind of like the dog capture. Um, and she's literally being dragged out there. She's literally going all the way to the class. She gets towed into the class and the minute the dog gets into class, he starts walking really nicely. And then she asks him to sit and she asks him to down and all the special things that she's been doing in that barn area. And then she gets dragged home. And I remember this is like 12, 15 years ago. It's a while back now. And I remember it's definitely pre-Bowerland, mm. definitely pre-us having this venue. And I remember thinking, this lady is, is good in class, but something's going really wrong here. And we were definitely what we would consider now as trainer twos. And this is what we want you to consider when you're thinking about what your dog needs and your dog trainer mm. and the type of trainer you should be driving towards. Yeah. Actually, trainer twos are nice. I mean, maybe we should go through trainers in a second, yeah, but, be... but, but, but trainer twos are nice. But really, I wasn't a trainer three. I was only a trainer two. Mm. And I've never really been a trainer one. It's not been my... I, I've been very lucky in the way I've been brought up into dog training. I haven't... Even my very first dog trainer with my lurcher, um, he was a he was a trainer too he was still like clicker and reward and it, it, and so i've never really experienced trainer ones um being one but i definitely visited many uh, and realized that it wasn't the right place for me but anyway yeah. you, you go for trainers yeah so let, let's kind of really simplify this and the way that we'd kind of get you to think about dog trainers and and, and picking a dog trainer and choosing a dog trainer um First, the first thing is what type of trainer are they? Are they now? The thing is that when you're when you're kind of chatting to dog trainers, often they'll they'll talk about various methods and various terminologies, and really let's keep it really simple and try and identify which of the three categories this dog trainer falls into. So. The c category number one, trainer one, we call them. These are trainers that focus on stopping what they don't want. And the way that they do that is by using aversives, using force, using intimidation, using punishment. So whether it is that they just use intimidation and, and kind of telling off, as it were, or whether it is that they use tools like choke chains or, or um, just kind of jerking the dog around or um, maybe like shock collars. These, all these trainers, they fall into what would be a trainer one so, category. So example like I remember Poppy my border collie you might have owned a dog similar she disliked other dogs she disliked um, other breeds of dogs particularly big 
black dog. She really disliked Labrador. She didn't like standard poodles. Tom mm. owned a standard poodle. It was one of our first talking points. And actually, uh, I went to a couple of trainers. One used a spray collar on her. The other used chains and threw them at her back legs. The other used stooge dogs who were stooge dogs who actually were pretty aggressive mm. and, and, and actually um, were pinning other dogs. So mm. all of those experiences mm. were very bad for me, were very bad for yeah. Poppy. And yet I didn't feel I knew better. And I paid a lot of money and I invested a lot of like trying to get it right and I got it wrong so many times in picking the wrong trainer mm. and and it really was a bad fit like we picked a wrong trainer mm. and I didn't know any better mm. and the cool thing is is that you can actually get to grips with um with what kind of trainer they are by just asking them you know about the work that they do asking them maybe about the you know the last session that they had with a person get them to describe what happened and so you can kind of start to think oh which which group do they fall into? I was having a conversation with a, an amazing, amazing dog owner this morning. She came for a behavior consult because she had some unfortunate advice where, unfortunately, she'd gone to a class and, and, and this was very recently. So that when I say gone should be the days, really, it's still It's very still happening. It's there. still very present. It's um, still very what happens, right? Yeah. And the the lovely, lovely lady with her lovely dog, um, very, very worried about the training class, was like barking and lunging at the people and the dogs in the training class. Um, and the trainer actually um, made a, a sort of a bit of a, let's say, I, I, I'm reluctant to call it a demonstration of um, how if the trainer stepped within one meter of the dog, the dog would lunge and bark and try and, and try and nip their ankles. And if they were one meter away, she could kind of cope with that and it wasn't too bad. And the, the, the amazing thing about this owner is she went away from that class and she was like, you know what, I'm not going back because that just does not fit and with me and I don't think that's right for my dog. I think that's so important that we know that some styles of training are not going to suit mm. our dogs. And and this is, I suppose, what this whole podcast is about. You understanding about maybe uh, selecting a dog trainer, maybe you're a dog trainer yourself and you're understanding how to select a dog trainer, you're understanding how um, whether classes might work for you or not. I'll give you an example. I run a really big facility here and yet sometimes I don't put one of my dogs in a class for a while. And so easy, for example, my border collie, she is three years old and she's only been in agility groups since she was 12 months. And yet there's been groups going on here daily. I don't even need to pay for them. There, there are groups. And yet I've never put her in a class because I didn't actually want her to have any poor rehearsal. So what I did was gave her good rehearsal. Tom and I would walk our dogs together. She would come and do boundary games and some of the other things we do. But what we're telling you is that, or what we're sharing with you is that you don't have to go to a dog training class. You can do a lot of things online. You can do a lot of things virtually. There's like almost in this world now, I mean, God, we've just talked about it with Pro Dog Trainer. Mm. There's a fusion model, right? Yeah, absolutely. So going back to those three types of trainer, trainer one uses punishment, aversives, intimidation to stop what they don't want. What a trainer two does is a trainer two focuses on what they do want. And they focus on that in terms of the behavior that they want the dog to do. So for example, um, let's think of an example of we don't want our dog to jump up. So what a trainer two might do is teach the dog to sit in the presence of, um, of people. Now, the nice thing about trainer twos is that actually very little harm happens, right? So um, it's very much um, They're pretty using, harmless, right? using rewards, using food, using toy, using praise. It's all really nice. It resonates with all of us much more. The challenge is 
whether then real life results happen. Because what the, the trainer two approach is, and trainers that kind of fall into that trainer two category, what they do is they find themselves teaching behaviors that almost become like party tricks, like they're teaching the sit in the class that that doesn't help your dog recall in the I think, park. I think all people have seen this, right? Like where you have something, but it's only available when you go and get your treat pot out yeah. and you, or you go to a certain space in a certain place mm. in a certain room. And, and it borders and, on bribery. Right? And it does. And, and it is the fact that actually when you go out in real life, it doesn't really work. Mm. And actually in real life, you don't have this behavior. So for, for me, a great example of this this was um, recall. Easy had a brilliant response um, in all environments, but it all started in the house environment, and I grew it. Um, but it was it was good in every environment, and I didn't need food, and I didn't need toys, and I didn't need anything. It's a real life ready response. Whereas. 15 years ago, if I didn't get the cheese out, there was no way Poppy was coming back. Mm-hmm. I had to get the cheese out. So it's kind of a bit more like a, it was a bribery. Let's not even say borderline. It was bribery, <laughs> pure bribery. No. Then there's the trainer three. Then we'll talk about how you can differentiate between the three of these in a second. But then there's the trainer three. And what the trainer three does, and the reason, the whole reason why we created this pro dog trainer program for people that actually want to, you're an existing dog trainer, you want to take the leap to being a trainer three, or you dream of being a dog trainer and you may as well do it properly, um, or you you're a dog owner and you think, God, I'd love to be the trainer three for my dog. That's why we created the Pro Dog Trainer program. And um, a trainer three is focused on real life results. A trainer three knows that the reason why the dog is behaving the way they're behaving is just because of the way that their brain is shaped at that time, their strengths, their weaknesses, their personality. And we can reshape that by playing games. We can play games with them that teach them skills and it goes beyond whether there is food present or not, that dog is now armed for the life that they need to lead. So in terms of struggles like reactivity or, or struggles like being really distracted or, you know, struggles like being overexcited, trainer threes win the day. Trainer threes get success because we actually reshape that dog's brain at, like, at their core so that that dog goes out into the world and makes great choices. Now, let's be honest. I don't know if I want to say this, but I think I do. It's that there are a shortage of trainer threes. And as much as they're out there, the reason I I was on a path to becoming a lawyer and and, um, I was definitely, it was all laid out in front of me. And yet there was a calling for this. Like nobody else offered it. Nobody else had it. It wasn't available. This wasn't games-based dog training was not a thing. And and even if it was a thing, I couldn't find anyone in like about 200 miles of me Mm. that would consider like helping. And even if they did know it, they didn't always want to help either because actually they didn't always have the ethos or the mindset that they were trying to grow or do anything different. So I suppose I got on this sort of um, trainer three sort of path, I suppose, um, kind of more like a roller coaster. And um, actually when when I got on this path, roller coaster, put my seatbelt on uh, and strap myself in it's amazing it's been immense and what i would say to all of you guys is look for a trainer three uh search for a trainer three find a trainer three but if you really can't find one then become one mm-hmm. and actually your dog really needs you to be the trainer three that they're looking for out there and you also when, when you're a trainer three it's way more than dog training because mm-hmm. like we said when we went into the school we're a trainer three when we're in the classroom or we're a trainer mm-hmm. three when it's we're in our life. in our in our work life or i'm a trainer three when i'm running my, my teams and i'm working mm-hmm. within our teams that we work in like trainer three is a way of life and and yes it's dog training and don't get me wrong oh my god it's epic fun and you get way more out of yeah. it too. Like there's a, there's a reason why everybody who's been through the pro dog trainer program, they're like going out there and rocking it and their classes are fully booked and, and like they, they attract students rather than having to go out and search for them. It's so cool. But, um, 
the way that you can start to figure out before you even take your dog into an environment um, where you can figure out if this trainer is for you is, you know, by asking them a few questions. The first one is just asking them to describe the kind of work that they do. The second one is that's quite a fun one and it can it can really be enlightening is actually just getting them to describe maybe the dog that they just worked with just prior to the last dog they worked with and, you know, what struggle that dog was experiencing and, and what they did and, and how that worked. The third one is then telling them about your struggle or telling them about your dream and then asking them, you know, what can we do to make this happen? What what would we do? What would the work look like? And what you've got to notice in this is, first of all, listen to what they're saying and the actual things that they're saying that they would do or they would get you to do. But even more than that, notice the language patterns. Notice when they're talking about the what don't I want rather than the what do I want. Notice when they're talking about the behavior that they're going to reinforce rather than how they're actively going to reshape this dog's brain and arm this dog with the skills that they need to make great choices in that situation. When they're saying things like that, they're the trainers that you need to grab. They're the trainers that are going to get you the results. And I think we've got to note, Tom, that actually when we when we do that we can also observe them so mm. there's an opportunity sometimes whether it's so many trainers these days are online we're online everything mm. we do is online so we can you can observe them but also you might be able to observe a class and yeah. sometimes be open to just actually booking a class without your dog yeah. because when you book a class without your dog you might get them to demo some stuff or you might ask them to show you bits and you'll get a feel for it i think the big thing and the warning that i would say to everybody out there few things actually one is your dog doesn't have to go to a class to be well behaved and your mm. dog doesn't have to go and attend a physical it, class that's it, not always important sometimes it's detrimental and yeah in fact you know unless it's the right class that is going to pull you away from your dream rather than bring you and towards it let's be honest i run a really big dog training center <laughs> so if i really didn't feel that I wouldn't be telling you that because I run a big dog training center so surely that doesn't go along hand in hand with what I'm saying what I'm saying is yes go to classes when they run well when they're managed well when the dogs are right for them equally sometimes they might not be right for everyone and that's okay and and I suppose the next thing for me is that just ensure that you're happy with everything and it it feels right and it sits well with you and and you're enjoying it and your dog's enjoying it and and that you are getting real life results because if you're not then we might need to tweak something change something look at something and and it's always okay to do that you growing yourself to be a better dog trainer but equally because everyone in here everyone listening we're dog trainers right yeah absolutely whether you knew it or not now the the next thing that is almost a game changer in terms of how you approach the training of your dog is that whether you go to a class or whether you watch i don't know follow one of the absolute dogs online programs or watch one of the digital downloads of the dvds in the absolute dog store whatever it might be The fact is that the training doesn't happen in the moment of you watching those videos. It does not happen in the moment of you being in the class because that is just you know, one, 1% or less of the, of the time that that dog is alive for that week. And what is, what changes behavior and what grows a dog and what reshapes their brain and what turns their struggles into strengths is this one principle that dogs will become more of what they do every day. So what you teach them in that one class is not going to impact them from, it's not going to be the transformer of their struggles. It's what you learn in that class that then you do at home. So from that point of view, first of all, you should find this liberating because 
it, it moves you away from a world where you think that somebody has to physically be in the room with you to train your dog and you can actually do it online and you can homeschool your dog because really homeschooling is the only kind of work that the only kind of school that works for dogs it's whether you learn how to homeschool in a class setting or online and the second thing that that's really important is that there's no pressure in that class to actually do any of the 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 exercises or tests that that trainer um, might have for you you can watch maybe your dog's present maybe your dog's not present and i think and you that's can the power learn, right? and you go away and you grow or you think actually that learning's not for me and i'm gonna go find find my answers that, elsewhere that's 100 percent the power the dog does not have to be in the room to do that. I mean, I, Tom and I've both had multi occasions where Tom's like, someone's just landed there with um, their saucepan in the behavior consult, mm -hmm. or I've been teaching and doing, um, I don't know, stopping dogs chase in the field mm -hmm. and practical on the ground stuff or online stuff. And, and that someone's literally like, but he didn't chase the sheep. I wanted mm -hmm. to show you him chasing the sheep. Mm -hmm. I'm really disappointed. He didn't chase any sheep. So people want to show you that yeah. stuff. It's, really, it's not needed. Really it's not needed. funny one. I, um, I had a, a behavior consult and um, in, in the past week, it was a few days ago, and um, it was for two dogs living in the same household that were struggling, let's say, to get along. There'd been some dog fights, and uh, we came up with this really cool plan. It was really simple, and we knew it was going to work, and the owner was going to go away and get great results. But just before the end of the session, they were like, but hold on a second, we, we've not put them together. together. <laughs> No, because what, what's been happening the past few weeks when you put them together? Well, they fight. Well, I don't think that's the answer. <laughs> and so what we've got to be aware of that when, we, when we're trainer threes, when we're games-based dog trainers, when we're playing games with our dogs, reshaping their brain, getting real life results, that doesn't have to happen in the situation. We reshape their brain for the situation. And, and as much as this is not what we're covering right now, you know what? Management is okay. And uh, allowing them not to rehearse what you don't want for a little bit, so it almost reshapes it again and starts to like darken that corridor, mm. is also okay. And it's not a bad thing. I mean, not a, a very, very similar one. Um, little dog Buddy, uh, who's uh, stayed for residential and he's a real monkey. They said, uh, can we bring them both together so they can both learn everything together? And I'm like, no, 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 it's possibly the worst thing you could do because it is sometimes right splitting it up, changing it around, managing things. I think what Tom and I are both saying, whether it's online, whether it's in person, whether you're meeting a dog trainer face to face, whether you're seeing someone through Zoom or um, through Skype or through any other way, however you're seeing them, you absolutely want to work with trainer threes. Trainer threes are the ones to work with. And if you don't know a trainer three and there's not a trainer three in your area, become a trainer three for your own dog, let alone the ripple effect you'll cause on the world around you. Because that's certainly the journey that I've had. I'm pretty sure it's the journey that Tom's had. We didn't necessarily step out and go, we shall become trainer threes. It was just kind of a journey that the world needs more more games, more fun, yeah. more trainer threes. And if you're a dog trainer listening to this podcast, because I know that we have a lot of um, dog trainers out there. That and, and people to who are the, passionate about dogs, yeah, that, right? That listen to the Sexy Than a Squirrel podcast. Hey, dog trainers and passionate people. Um, the, the cool thing is, is that as dog trainers, we should be constantly growing, right? And so actually there's been the revolution from, um, from punishment, aversive-based methods to reward-based methods. But now there needs to be another revolution. And this is kind of your, your call to arms 
arms on it. And that is that there needs to be the revolution of arming owners with the right stuff so that they get real life results, of actually playing games and reshaping their brain. And that's what being a trainer three years and we, we're literally urging you, if you can, if, say if you can jump into the Pro Dog Trainer program, it only opens once a year, um, but when it opens, jump into it because you become a strong magnet. And so what happens is that you stop kind of searching out clients and students and actively they look for you there's the reason why this whole game changer movement is like it's it's bigger than we ever even imagined and that's because there's a need that that people have been told too much that there is no hope and absolutely there is hope right when you when someone tells you there is no hope what you need to hear guys is that you have just exhausted their ability and, and their understanding of the situation and we do not want you to give up so with that guys there's always a game for that Trainer threes is the way to go. We've covered how to find your dog trainer and, and how to determine if a dog trainer is, is someone who you maybe want to surround yourself with. That was this episode of the Sexier Than a Squirrel podcast. We will see you next week. And remember, stay, stay sexy. sexy.